O Lord, open our lips, and our mouths will declare your praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The scripture for today is Luke 13, verses 1-17. through 17. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word as we listen to Run to the Father by Cody Carnes, Matt Mayer, and Ran Jackson. It opens with a vocal chorus in a soulful style, which continues and only becomes more amplified and powerful as the song progresses. The chorus returns to echo important words of the soloist's text. Long before my first 
Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. There were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and put on manure. Then, if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? As he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at the glorious things that were done by him. Within this passage, we see Jesus respond to the very common human impulse of separating the world into good and bad people. We see this tendency all over the Gospels, where the religious leaders categorize tax collectors and sinners as those evil people over there. They use their sense of personal morality to distinguish and differentiate themselves. Jesus tells a parable in Luke 18 of a Pharisee who prays, God, I thank you I'm not like other men or like this tax collector sitting over there. I fast twice a week and tithe. But before we throw stones at the Pharisees, we need to see that we can often do this same thing as well. Whether you're religious or secular, all of us set up systems that allow us to boost up ourselves and look down on others. Perhaps our personal systems are based on morality like the Pharisees, or maybe they're based on things like politics, work ethic, career, appearance, diet, you name it. But in our passage today, Jesus sets out to destroy these distinctions. He begins by pointing out two terrible disasters. The first tragedy is the bloodshed by an evil leader, Pilate. And the second is the falling of a tower in Siloam that killed 18 people, both terrible tragedies resulting in loss of life. And Jesus asked the disciples a challenging question. Did these tragedies kill those people? because they were evil people? 
because they were worse sinners than everyone else? That's how we tend to naturally think, that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. But Jesus then holds up a mirror to the disciples and says, No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. The disciples were thinking that those people suffered much because they sinned much. But Jesus turns to them and says, Don't you see? Every one of you deserves to perish because all people are needy sinners before a holy God. Jesus tears down this way of categorizing people into good and bad people, moral and immoral people. All of us need to repent. There isn't a single person in the world who could be considered a good person according to the true ultimate standard of God's law. We can't justify ourselves with our performance or by comparison to others. The only way to escape the punishment of God's wrath is to repent, to turn away from our sin, and to trust in Jesus. To explain this, Jesus offers a parable. There was a fruitless fig tree that was about to be cut down. But before it's cut down, the vine dresser intercedes and asks, give it another year to bear fruit before you cut it down. Do you see the parallel? By God's patience and mercy, he gives people the time and the chance to repent. It's almost as if God with one hand is holding back his just wrath and punishment for sin, and with the other hand, he is welcoming, inviting, calling people to repent and take refuge in him. But Jesus is saying one day, both hands will be dropped. So rather than boosting up ourselves and looking down on others, may we all recognize our place as sinners in need of grace. This passage is calling us to recognize our deep need. And if we truly grasp that, we'll throw away any distinctions we might create to feel superior to others. Today, may we be characterized by this sort of humility, a humility that considers others above ourselves, not below. Let's close now with this prayer from John Bradford. Let your mighty hand and outstretched arm, O Lord, still be our defense. Your mercy and loving kindness in Jesus Christ, your dear Son, our salvation. Your true and holy word, our instruction. Your grace and Holy Spirit, our comfort and consolation unto the end and in the end. Amen.